Hello everyone, welcome to a teaching today. My name is Luke Bricker and um, the spiritual nomad, if you will, here online. I have a teaching uh, that I want to submit to you from uh, the Gnostic texts. So this is from the Nag Hammadi scriptures. So it might be backwards, but uh, on the video here, but it's from the Nag Hammadi scriptures. The Nag Hammadi was a collection of writings found uh, in the city of Nag Hammadi in Egypt. Um, so back whenever Christianity was becoming an orthodox religion, uh, many of the bishops and the people who were teachers of Christianity and knowledge and wisdom of the time had many of these writings, uh, but they were being thrown out of the church at that time. And so these people who had these scriptures, had these writings that were so meaningful and so impactful to their life, they didn't want them to be destroyed. And so they took these scriptures and they put them, uh, many people did this, but specifically in Egypt, they, they took a bunch of these uh, uh, scriptures and put them in a big jar, like a six foot jar, and they buried them in, in the desert. And in the 40s, much around the time like the Dead Sea Scrolls, you hear a lot about that because there's a lot of like, you know, uh, books from the canon of scripture found in there. So, you know, people don't want to upset the, the uh, Orthodox, you know, understanding by that not only did people find a lot of books and original scriptures from our New and Old Testaments in the Bible, but they also found all of these as well. That I'm holding in my hand by amazing discovery and, and translation and printing, they found a lot of other scriptures as well that were dated around the same time and earlier, but from a, uh, a more open perspective from what the Orthodox uh, Christian church was, was trying to become. So these people hid these scriptures uh, for fear of them being destroyed. They wanted to preserve them and as an act of faith, they hid them in a jar and buried them. And in the 40s, like I said, I, uh, I forget his name, some young boy who is uh, in poverty um, was hunting in the desert for any sort of treasure he could find. He found this, he didn't really know what it was. And there's actually, uh, legend has it that they were so poor that at one time his mom took one of the scrolls from the six foot jar in the house and used it uh, as a fire, used it for fire, uh, to make a fire to make bread, because uh, they were so poor and they didn't have enough money for, for wood or charcoal or anything, and so they had to use some of the <laughs> sacred texts to do that. Little did they know what they were sitting on, though. They had no idea. Uh, the, the young uh, peasant boy didn't understand uh, a lot of what he had, um, and then he tried to sell this to make some money for his family. Ended up through a series of events, people became aware of the Nag Hammadi scriptures is what they were called because they were found in Nag Hammadi. All of these sacred texts that we have. We have um, all sorts of texts of Gnostic texts, which just means uh, gnosis or knowing, better translated wisdom. So wisdom texts, we have um, you know the uh, different gospels. We have the gospel of Thomas. We have the secret gospel of John. We have the gospel of, of Mary Magdalene. We have different books 
Uh, what I'm going to be reading from today is the teachings of Sylvanus, who was a um, he was someone who who collected scriptures. Uh, I forget exactly what year, but he he was a collector of scriptures and he created this this teaching. Um, that was influenced by a lot of even what we see Paul's writing. He even references, and what I'm going to read you today, uh, he references exactly Paul. He, he says that, you know, that we should live in this way that, the, that Paul, it says right here, according to the statement of Paul. And so he's, he's collecting these teachings from early, early unformed Christianity. Um, to create a really beautiful way of understanding and unpacking our unique individual but yet collective reality in the divine. And so I want to read to you and just briefly talk about a little bit from this today. So today's teaching is from the teaching of Sylvanus found in the Nag Hammadi scriptures, the Gnostic texts. And today it's kind of like the how the Bible is, like there's like verses and there's little like headings for the verse, you know, a heading and then verses. So much like, you know, your your Bible has. Um, if I got one around here, I've got one back here, but I'll just explain. It's the same way. It'll have like a little heading if you read in the gospel, like this is the institution of the Lord's Supper. And then it has a little thing about the Lord's Supper. So this is the same way. So I'm going to read to you uh, three little parts and we will reflect on them. In real time and I've read this this morning already so uh, but I wanted to share it with with you all today I feel like it's important and um, I feel like it's timely so the first one is Christ is the wisdom of God Christ is the wisdom of God and so if you're listening to this you're watching this just take a breath before I read this to you and prepare your yourself to receive um, wisdom from the Spirit of God. Just the invitation for our awareness to be receptive to the beauty of the Christ that is here with us right now, that knows no bounds and speaks by whatever means the Christ will speak. So we just enter into that in a state of prayer and meditation. For the divine to become real in, in our life right now, no matter where we are. Christ is the wisdom of God. He is wisdom. He is wisdom and also the word. He is the life, the power, and the door. He is the light, the angel, and the good shepherd. Entrust yourself to this one who became all for your sake. Knock on your inner self as upon a door and walk within yourself as on a straight road. For if you walk on the road, you won't be able to go astray. And if you knock on this one, you knock on hidden treasures. Since he is wisdom, he makes the foolish person wise. She, and I'll just say right here, she is because Wisdom is feminine. Wisdom is the beautiful feminine. It's Sophia. Sophia wisdom. That's why I named my daughter Sophia. You hear that, Sophia? Yeah. She is a holy kingdom. 
and a shining robe. Having much gold, she gives you great honor. The wisdom of God became for your sake a foolish form that she might pick you up, O foolish one, and make you wise. And the life died for you when he was powerless so that through his death he might give life to you who were once dead. Entrust yourself to the word and remove yourself from animility. It is clear what an animal is, one who lacks reason. For many think they have reason, but if you take a good look at them, their speech is animality. We just take a second for that to rest deep in our hearts. The beauty of being able to understand that we receive wisdom that brings us into a holy kingdom. Something that seems foolish gives us so much wisdom. And I know for some of you, this is just sticking out to me right now and coming to me, but so many of you I know that are part of this community have had such a unique experience <clears throat> with Jesus and with the Christian narrative. And um, it's become something that is so sad. Um, and that's never what Jesus intended. Much of the this religion that has, has evolved, this was never Jesus' intention for that, but we've sadly taken this rigid religion and, and through so many of us, through deconstruction, through trying to understand our own faith, what works for us and, and all of this, we've, we've thrown out so much of the Christian narrative that we've, we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater and we've thrown out these beautiful pieces of gold because We've been hurt by institutions and organizations that have just sought to use us for our, our talents and our skills and just our, our whatever we can give. And I think that all of that is still needed and necessary as far as giving ourselves whatever we have to offer. But I understand that for us in the West, in the States, um, I can only speak from that perspective because I was born and raised in the United States that we sometimes have a bad relationship with understanding the the, the death and the life of, of the person of Jesus and it's really hard for us to get around that because we've been just indoctrinated with so much blood theology that somehow God is some bloodthirsty angry entity that needs his son's blood to satisfy some deep dark you know debt and I just want to say that that isn't the case um, that's not the reality of the Christian narrative um, for a lot of reasons it's it's evolved into that but this this line right here I just feel like I needed to say some of that before I really emphasize this line just as I'm reading through this and prayerful for what the spirit wants to hover over I didn't know that this was going to be the line uh, that was going to be the takeaway from this reading today but 
for whoever is listening to this and reading it, I, I think this is for you. That this is in reference to Jesus. I'm going to read this line again. And I just want to invite you to release the narrative of some sort of bloodthirsty God that killed his son for some sort of restitution. Forget that. Forget that. Just pray that that would leave you right now and that it's more about this line right here about the person and, and the death of Jesus and the life that's life is Jesus and the life died for you when he was powerless that Jesus he humbled himself to the form of a man this divinity humbled himself to the form of this reality he was in perfect union in the flow in the energy and in the spirit that is working in and through all things and holding all things together but he humbled himself to enter into this sphere of existence he rendered himself powerless coming from all power but rendered himself powerless so that through his death he might give life to you who were once dead this person Jesus forfeited everything he had made himself powerless who had the ability who came from all power because we are living in some sort of death as we live in this body and as we move in this world without awakening to what is truly in us, Christ in us, that's the mystery. Without, without awakening to that, we're sort of living a sort of dead existence. So many of us are walking through this life in, a, in such a powerless, sort of pain-driven way. We're, we're sort of existing in some sort of lack of just wanting to scratch our way to, to, to be something and it's 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 all a part of this sort of death nature of the body but Christ came to awaken us to the spirit that is within us to the Christ that is within us that we would be able to move from death into life that the life that we're experiencing apart from being unified with God is a sort of deathly life that is filled with and plagued with anxiety and, and pain and the worries of earthly matters that have no place in the heavenly realm. And Christ is illuminated in us when we look upon this sort of person, this person of Jesus, as he died so that we would enter into the type of life that he came from in all of eternity. And we're invited into that eternal life. And eternal life is now. It's here. The death of the body is nothing but a transition of energy. And so we are able to live into a sort of union that has always been and will always be to see through the smoke screen of the death of this body and the death that we live in. And so I don't know who is listening to this or watching this, but I feel like what the Spirit is wanting to do is reinvent 
your framework about what it means to live into eternal life and to move past the duality of what Christianity has become and move back into the unity of the beauty of what this man Jesus was trying to help us understand by his powerless life and his death that was undeserved as an invitation for us to enter into what he has always been and who he has always been and where he is now in his presence within us. And so I'm not advocating for anyone to do any sort of conversion or anything like that. I, I, I'm just submitting today that I believe that for some of us, he's shifting our mind, or she rather, the wisdom, the feminine is shifting our mind from places of pain and hurt and earthly and death into freedom and wholeness and liberation and love that is the way of the Christ. And so I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful for this teaching from the Salvanus, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to, for whoever this is, is able to enter into more freedom and wholeness, and in being invited into the liberation uh, in the pattern of the way of Jesus of Nazareth, being awakened to the Christ. And that's my invitation today. That you would understand that the, the life died for you when he was powerless so that through his death he might give life to you who were once dead. Who were once dead. We aren't. We aren't. I'm not dead. <laughs> You're not dead. We are alive by means of the Spirit of God. So there's a lot more that I want to unpack, but let's just do that for today. And uh, let's, let's, let's just do that for today. Thank you, friends.